Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, January 10th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, all eyes are on Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Number two, the latest on the January 6th investigation. And number three, who we are watching this week. All right, Jake, let's get into the mix here. All eyes are on Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. It is a big week for him. Both the House and Senate are back for the first time in about a month or so. So it's going to be a very active uh, time on Capitol Hill. But certainly, uh, Schumer's kind of teed up this week, whether it's looking at voting rights, the future of uh, the filibuster, the, the future of Build Back Better. I mean, all he's he couldn't probably have a more important week on Capitol Hill, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, so let's just start with voting rights, because that's you know, that's where it's um, that's where it's at at the moment. Um, Schumer has promised, has has pretty much guaranteed that he's going to have a vote on um, voting rights first. Uh, and then if that fails, which it's going to, because Republicans are opposed to it and the filibuster is still in place, he will move to change the Senate rules to um, to knock out the filibuster. Now, uh, as of now, as of, you know, as we sit here this morning, he does not have the votes to knock out the filibuster. So um, Joe Biden, a lot at stake here. Let's start with that. Just a, a ton at stake for Schumer. Two failed votes in the floor will will be, you know, I, I, it will be bad. Um, uh, with all this at stake, Biden, Joe Biden, who was in the Senate for 36 years, is going to Georgia tomorrow to discuss voting rights in the future of the filibuster. A couple of Senate Democrats will will attend his speech, which is interesting to, to me, at least. And um He's going to try to build public support for his idea to knock out the filibuster and um, and and more importantly, pass voting rights. So um, let's just pause on voting rights. Then we'll get to the BBB. I mean, listen, it's it's uh, my argument has been or was something that we wrote last week is like this is just a loss. Like it's not clear. I understand it's a priority. Um, but it's not clear to me how failing on these two things is going to be useful to him. But I understand his his desire to give it a go because, you know, he doesn't have any other choice at this point because Manchin and Cinema are opposed. Yeah, it's an inter- interesting strategy as well, I think, by the president, right? He's doing this kind of outside-inside game where clearly they have not had any success here in Washington convincing members of their position on a variety of issues. And so they are now trying to use kind of the bully pulpit of the White House to go out to Georgia, a key state for uh, Democrats in terms of the Senate uh, 2022 midterm election and try to convince the public that um, this is the this is the right way forward. It's hard for me to see, you know, maybe that maybe that works in terms of a broad push. Maybe that works in terms of getting Democrats, particularly, you know, diehard progressives who they need to come out and vote and get excited about the midterms. You know, I do think that that's obviously a key voting block they're going to be looking at in terms of trying to get them revved up by saying, look, we understand how important these issues are to you. We are taking it seriously here in Washington, but it's not going to convince 
Senator Joe Manchin or Senator Kirsten Cinema that that this now after a speech, you know, is going to be the time to change what they've said publicly for the last several months. Yeah, I, I'd actually argue that um, there's an argument to be made that it actually helps Manchin and his in his the sustainability of his position. Right? I mean, he he seems to think he benefits when he opposes Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean. Uh, on this issue, at least. And so going to Georgia to give a big speech, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, he has no other play here, Biden. I mean, I, he doesn't he's been unable and unwilling to convince to convince um, not unwilling, but unable to convince Manchin. And, and there isn't really a deal to be had because Manchin doesn't want to blow up the filibuster. So, you know, that that's where he is. And I think that's a. um I think that's I he's out of choices. He's out of options. Let's talk about the BBB quickly. Also remains stalled. Um, uh, inflation report will be released on Wednesday morning, so it could drive Manchin even even farther away from a deal. Um, Anna, I it's just everything is stalled right now, and we're it's, we're January tenth, and two of the biggest priorities, voting rights and the BBB, are just completely stalled. It's something that we're going to be asking progressive this week is to, to to see, you know, if they have any ideas to how Biden or Democrats can jumpstart this process after it's been basically derailed by Manchin since, you know, mid-December. Progressives, of course, were certain that the Senate would take up the BBB and pass it quickly. But as we can now see, they were sorely mistaken. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning here. The January 6th investigation and House Democrats have some big choices here to make, Jake, in terms of how they are going to handle Representatives Jim Jordan and Scott Perry, who have both now told the January 6th committee that they won't voluntarily sit for interviews about their dealings with former President Donald Trump in the period up to and including the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Yeah, so uh, Jordan and Perry, both Republicans close to Donald Trump, um, have said that they're not going to, as you said, they're not going to participate in this committee's work. Uh, Jordan has left a little bit more uh, openness, I think, um, to to participating in some way, shape, or form. He just says that the the requests are overly broad. Now, um, the question Democrats have is, do they try to compel their testimony with a, with a subpoena? And that's a really big question. Do they get into a document fight with um, with the, the with two members of Congress? And then where does that leave Kevin McCarthy, who also uh, you'd have to imagine is interested. The committee is interested in his dealings with Donald Trump that day. Um, it would be a it would be a big kind of step up for a lot of those folks for for the committee and for um kind of this internal battle it's it's more of a it's not only a battle for documents now but it's a battle for documents in the future it's a battle for congressional authority and um th this could end up in court and and by the way if Jordan and Perry don't comply with a subpoena are they held in in contempt? Does the Justice Department then prosecute them for uh, contempt of Congress? All of this is very, is very, very difficult, very uh, politically fraught, substantively fraught as well, because, um, again, compelling testimony, compelling documents from members of Congress is a big deal. Something we are going to be watching very closely this week uh, in terms of how the committee chooses to move forward. We will be all over it, of course. 
Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Who are watching this week? It's a new feature that Punchbowl News is featuring in its AM newsletter every Monday and the week ahead, trying to kind of forecast who the people are that are important, where we kind of think some of the interesting dynamics are. I'll start with the kind of first and probably most obvious one, Jake. Uh, no surprise here. Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia. The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> um, our, you know, kind of thing. And I think it's a little bit different than a lot of kind of political um, folks as well as some reporters. Like we just really take what Manchin says as what he means. Now, they're not looking for some hidden you know, meaning behind his musings. Um, so far, Manchin has said he's not interested in talking about the Build Back Better Act. And that just means he's not interested in talking about it. Like, there is no other meaning to be taken from that. Uh, and when he says that he's not interested in keeping the filibuster and he isn't interested in altering the 60-vote threshold for cloture, well, I think we generally think, think that's what he means, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, Manchin's been... He might not. He might not be consistent on his substantive um, uh, on on policy, but he's been consistent on the general theme that he's not very interested in any of those things. Um, there does seem to be among some a um, almost like a, a a wishful thinking that somehow he'll change his his view and and take a and and, and take a different view of um, of legislating of legislation of uh, of policy. He's just not been he's not been really interested in doing so. Um, and but listen, the pressure on Manchin is enormous. He is what's standing between, I would say, a lot of the um, uh, a lot of Biden's agenda. And that's a big deal. And and we'll have to see where he will have to see what this week brings. But, you know, he'll he'll be on the floor. He might have to cast a vote on not changing the Senate rules. That's a big deal. And um, that will be a very, uh, let's call it, uh, a high stakes and high drama moment for for Mansion and for, frankly, for Kirsten Cinema as well. Absolutely. All right. The other ones we can tick through pretty quickly. Uh, we talked a lot about Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Obviously, he's facing huge challenges over voting rights and the filibuster. Another two to watch: the NRCC Chair Tom Emmer and DCCC Chair Sean Patrick Maloney. Yeah, uh, we're, we're beginning to see the the shape of the 2022 midterms. Uh, so let's just run these these two people down quickly. Emmer's the NRCC chair. Sean Patrick Maloney is the chair of the DCCC. Um, Emmer has to just raise money and keep his members relative or just he just has to keep people in check, frankly. Um, and if and beyond that, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, Democrats could have more retirements. He's going to want to get those out of the way really quickly and move to find candidates to replace them and to run in their elections. So, uh, you know, we are in an election season. So Sean Patrick Maloney and Tom Emmer are key once again. And last but not least, Representative Rosa DeLauro, the Democrat from Connecticut. The big question is, can Congress cut a budget deal even now, more than three months into the fiscal year? As appropriations chair in the House, she's going to be trying to see what her members will accept. And with that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.